have you ever seen me wear a turtleneck before? Um, I believe there has been a, a, an instance or two that you've had one. I, I think you're lying, dude. I've never worn or bought a turtleneck before unless you've given me one before. I mean, I know I have. I've had turtlenecks, but I guess, you know what? Yeah. It's first time for everything, but I don't know if you've. I feel like I see you some turtlenecks on. Looking like Miles Teller on a Sunday, just ready to call Jesus, man. I'm ready to go, man. I told you I've been ready to go to church, man. So Jesus calling. We got we got the book on the right side, the candle lit on the left. Today's episode of Man to Man is brought to you by the official betting app, WinBet. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. How does it work? I don't know, dude. All you got to do is click the link in the description of whatever platform you are listening on or click the link in any of our social media bios at Man to Man Podcast. And then what? Well, let me tell you, young sister. You deposit $1, you get $100 in store credit to bet, or you can opt in and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000, aka, uh, hello, you cannot lose, dude. You can literally win win, as they say. Here's a tip for you first-timers. Throw a grand on the Tennessee Titans and... I don't know. Thank the Nashville boys later. Tighten up. We're eight and two. Only available in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, or Virginia. Coming to New York City soon. We'll get into the New York City soon, too. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the next and best betting app is here. WinBet. That's W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Bet with the best. We appreciate WinBet for supporting the podcast. Shout out to all of our Dash Radio listeners out there as we're on the nothing but net all things basketball channel every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern time, 1 p.m. Central time, baby. Appreciate you guys rocking with us. And shout out Six Pack Coverage, the latest sports media agency right outside of downtown Nashville, Tennessee, in which we've partnered up with. Make sure to check them out at sixpackcoverage.com for all the latest news in sports, finance, food, travel, fitness, and entertainment, lifestyle. And more importantly, you'll find yours truly. Liam and Andy, what's up? Man, what a week, man. This episode is going to be really exciting. First of all, thanks to all of our listeners out there, man. We appreciate you guys rocking week in and week out. Hope everyone is just staying healthy out there and saying hello to the bidet on a daily basis. If not, get your fiber in, dude. Drink that cough. My young soldier and soldier led. Speaking of soldiers, since you know it happened in the middle of the week last week and we weren't able to get an episode out, we just want to give a quick shout out to all the former and current vets out there who have put their lives on the line for us to have freedom. It's a podcast, baby. We are here. Uh, but most importantly, we certainly do appreciate your sacrifice. But yeah, dude, I feel good, man. I'm breathing alive and well and I'm I'm back in Nashville and um, how you doing, dude? I feel like I'm talking a lot. You are you uh, are you breathing alive and well over there, my guy? I'm always breathing. Sometimes uh, we had a little discussion. You got to decide and, and set reminders to breathe um, in certain situations. And uh, I've set my alarm today, and I've decided that I'm going to keep breathing today. So yeah, I'm doing very well. I you ever check the weather app and you scroll all the way down, yeah. and it tells you how good the air in that area is? Yeah. So, yeah, it usually ain't really that good, but you try to find, I don't know, is there, I was, I was telling this to somebody this week and i tell you what, you Knoxville people probably know what I'm talking about. It just always said bad to breathe. Like that's what it said. It's like, do not go outside pretty much. The air pollution is not great to breathe in right now. What is there a guy that goes out like every morning? He's like, you know, licking his fingers, seeing if that air is good, you know, for the first thing. Yeah, and telling the news report, I don't think this is going to be good for the Knoxville people today. He's got, like, class, too. He's, like, a guy that's an intern. So, so in that like, instance, I can't do any, any air 
is good air if you're breathing in my directions because the air outside probably shitty anyway. So I would appreciate your air if you breathed it in my, in my, I guess, vicinity. So yeah, the vicinity is always rocking in the air, dude. So whatever that means, we're excited to be back, man. We are. We really are. We're excited to be talking to you guys every week. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun episode. As I guess we're gonna dive deep into my most recent spontaneous instant trip up to New York and uh, staying with someone I've never met before in a hotel room and everything, of course, that that occurred in the Big Apple, like myself dapping up Stephen A. Smith. What's good? Uh, Liam, it sounds like when we talked, you you were bumping, grinding it out at home this week without any slang and bang. We'll get into that. And, and for the back half of this episode, we'll, we'll once again be dribbling it out with our guy JP and uh, you guys give you guys our hot takes on the most relevant news surrounding the quote unquote fresh breath of NBA. What's up? It's Andy and Liam from Man to Man Podcast, where we create a conversation between two lifelong friends in their mid-20s trying to find the intersection between staying up to date in all aspects of life and, of course, NBA basketball. To relate to you guys, we chat about adulthood, life, our day-to-day experiences that we go through, dating, and all the other things that come up with your best friends. Unafraid to be an open book, the trials and tribulations of the 20s are on full display. We're all in this thing together, baby. Man to Man is here to entertain. This is your co-host, Andy Elliott. Alongside your co-host, Liam, the Hoopstar Nash. Where that MDMA got you feeling like a champion. The city never sleeps. Better slip you an ambient. So before we get into it in too deep, we we I guess we already know that you made this spontaneous trip to New York. We mentioned it on yep. last episode. I, I was questioning it because you, yep. you sent me a text and like, hey, I got a flight in the morning. Um, I'm going to New York. And I was like, all right, I guess I guess that's a that's an OK thing to do. I mean, you've never been there before. So I was like, yeah, you're going to New York. Later, you know, to come and find out that you're out there, you know, going to see somebody and staying with somebody you've never met before, um, seeing some other friends of ours as well. But I guess let's just start from the top in terms of how was the trip, uh, your first trip to New York? What was the overall, I guess, if you had to, you know, give a rating for New York, what was it? What was it like for you and, and how did it go down? What was your initial vibes of New York? You know, me, man, only child. You know, I like that city life. I can't really see myself being out in the country, having a lot of open space, although it's probably a lot more relaxing than anything else. Uh, you know, concrete jungle where dreams are made of. You know, the cities are there to inspire you and all that lights, all the lights and everything else. It's it's, it's a different vibe. That's for damn sure. Uh, it gave me the uh, Chicago vibes when I was up there. Just a lot of people. Obviously, you can find yourself in stressful situations, being in Times Square, Upper Manhattan, just around other, a lot of other people, being in Central Park, Hagler's. I, I saw it all, man. It's a very diverse city, which was awesome to see. There's a lot of things going on at the same time. You're in. I stayed in the financial district, aka Fidei. 
you see it all, man. I was just questioning, is this a good part of the town to be in? I don't know. Is it a bad part? Is it an okay part? Uh, a lot of people that are familiar with New York obviously knows that Financial District is a is a very nice place in lower Manhattan. Um, it was a vibe, man. Yeah, that we stayed in the Marriott and um, yeah, I got this, you know, stay with somebody who I've never, never met before, but that's just the kind of person that I am making friends and, and just kind of going the flow. And then I felt like this was a time for me to be adventurous, but also have an open mind as to, um, just kind of the next steps in my life and, and what that looks like and, and trying to just create more, more opportunities for myself, whether that was talking to my friends and getting advice from them, how they're liking their jobs up there. Uh, but to, to make it short and sweet, it was a good time, man. And if I had to rate it, I'd probably give it like a, like a seven and a half, 7.3 out of 10. Only thing that I really didn't like up there was the amount of people, how stressful it was. And those, you know, those big environments like Times Square, the subway is stressful for the people that know what a subway is riding a subway is like getting in and out of subway, just not knowing where you're at, always having to look up maps and walk around and everything else like that. Um, that was only, that was only downplay part, you know, just, man, where am I? Where am I? Am I going this way? You're in a huge city and you know, your maps aren't really that helpful because you're trying to, everyone that's used maps while they're walking on a sidewalk, you know, you're trying to find where your radar is looking at and you're trying to just pinpoint like two of those together, both of those together, if that makes sense. So New York city was awesome, man. I uh, went to Brooklyn a couple of nights, uh, checked out, you know, I just, I ate good food and, um, yeah, man, it was cool. I don't know what other questions you had, but yeah, that's I want to. I want to ask you this because I guess we went to LA a week prior or two weeks prior to you going to New York. Yep. You know, that's it's. They say you know LA is a certain type of vibe. New York is a certain type of vibe. Um, you know, there's big cities like that. You know, of LA, New York. You know, just the popularity of the two cities. Yep. What one would you like to? Or not like to, but what one do you see yourself more, you know, the, a part of or like if you could relate to more? Mm -hmm. Is it New York or L.A.? It's a good question. And they both have a lot of similarities, but they're both obviously very contrasting to each other. Like New York, upstate, you know, cold, L.A., like that's the biggest difference, just climate. Um they're both very widespread and spacious, but if I had to pick one, probably New York, just because I know more people there. All right. Well, let's get into it. So what's, what's some of the things, I guess the coolest part maybe of what you did there? Um, I've getting, I'm getting texts and snaps of you doing a bunch of crazy stuff. So let's, yeah. let's what, coolest part of New York you would, if you had to rate something of your coolest part, what is it? Yeah, sure. Um, coolest part, man, probably... The, the second night we were there, um, it was a little street called Stone Street, and that's the first paved street in New York City that they, they built, and I think it was like 1958 or something like that. So we were on this you know little area of restaurants called Stone Street. That was really cool. Um, quick side note, it's kind of funny. Um, New York has obviously a lot of history. You know, George Washington was elected the president there and Thomas Jefferson. I don't know if he made light bulbs there. There's a lot of TJ going. I didn't really understand what was going on. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> there was really close to where we, we ate at that second night. Um, there was a restaurant that had George Washington's chicken pot pie recipe. 
and they just were trying to gas it up to me. I said, I'm not eating dust, brother. And so that's what that was probably in. But no, it, probably being on Stone Street was really cool. Brooklyn is awesome, man. Uh, where we were staying at, the Brooklyn Bridge is right there. And you just go right across the Brooklyn Bridge. And it's very close to everything else. It's got it's got that Brooklyn vibe to it. Uh, but if I had, I did a lot of cool things, man. I uh, I dabbed up Stephen A. Smith. So yeah. that was pretty cool. He, uh, the first take and the first take and get up team were at the get up studio at pier 17, right near where we were staying at. And I just pretty much the way I found out that they were over there was I just woke up. First take is always on. We're live in New York. So I go over there and just, I acted like I worked there for a second. So pretty much it's a big pier. It's got a bunch of studios in it. It's raining. No one is really in the area around noon and I'm trying to like get into these restricted door areas and the security guards like, Hey, what are you doing, man? I was, he was like, do you work here? I was like, yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. How's your day going? Like just trying to change the subject. Uh, but no, I found the entrance to the ESPN where the ESPN workers and studios and production guys go in and out of that place. Uh, Molly Kerm walks out around noon. I said, what's up to Molly? And then Stephen A walks out just strutting out by himself with no security guard. And I was just, so shell-shocked and all i said to him was what's up Stephen a like how you doing brother fist pounded him he was like i'm good brother i'm good i should have asked for a picture because it was literally just me and him i i tried to respect his privacy it looks like he was walking you know he probably had five other shows that day and i knew that um but i definitely probably could have got a quick picture from him since it was just us uh we did a boat tour the boat tour was awesome, man. We I got to see like both sides of New York City and Jersey City, uh, which is really cool. They said that, you know, you look to the left, you see New York and all these buildings. That's the past. You look to the right to Jersey City. That's the future. Uh, a bunch of future futuristic buildings. Uh, I got to see the Statue of Liberty up very, very up close, man. That thing is huge. Um and then Times Square was cool. I didn't really want to take too many pictures or videos of Times Square. I just kind of wanted to soak it all in. Uh, but it, there was a lot of cool things that I did. Yeah. And then a lot of Snapchats that I sent to you and everything else. So um, to answer your your previous question, I'd probably just be in New York more than than L.A. or San Diego because I got people up there and it's just a lot of opportunity up there, especially with what I'm trying to do. All right. So I, I kind of eased into this. Now I'm going to try to dive into. Yeah. Let's, of, yeah. Like, what you going to where are you going with this? man? <laughs> I'm going to dive into more of the questions that I I, I mean, it's good that, you know, off the, you know, getting a nice landscape picture. Yeah. New York was cool. You yeah, visited yeah. all these <laughs> And you saw Stephen A. You're over there trying to finger his butthole or something. Yeah, right, right. But the biggest thing is why you went there in the first place and you were meeting somebody you never met before. Yeah. So I want you to, I want to know firsthand experience of what that was like, how that first encounter was. Was that weird? And then kind of what that vibe was. In terms of when you first met her, would you do anything special that first night or anything like that? So can I can I get a little a little piece for the people of, <laughs> of the real story behind of of, of why you made it? Oh, uh, man, I was trying to get kinky, brother. I really was, <laughs> man. No, I'm kidding, dude. Yeah. Last in the last episode, I said I was trying to go out there to create my own love story, man. Um, you know, it's all it's all fun and jokes. So you actually try to do it. So pretty much. This person who I met up with is someone who I met in Chicago when we were there earlier this summer. 
Um, but I, I'd never met her in person. I was like slid into her DMs and she answered me like literally like a month and a half ago. It was like, oh damn, like I forgot. Like, yeah, I know you forgot. You probably, and this is a, you know, it's a girl that gets a lot of attention, I'm sure. So I guess I'll give her a little backstory. She is in New York for about a month because her job is remote from Chicago uh, or in Chicago, excuse me. So she was just kind of checking out the vibes in New York City as well. She was in Brooklyn. And so, yeah, we were talking for about a month and it wasn't that weird because we were pretty comfortable with each other already, although we had never met face to face. We FaceTimed a few times, but uh, yeah, first night, yeah, I, you're staying with the person for four nights and it's a female. It's somebody you've been talking to. Sure. You're going to take him out first night, right? And I, I had a pleasure doing so. I appreciate that she let me. And, and we went out to Brooklyn and went to this nice little rooftop restaurant. Uh, I had a salad all day, man. I got chrysanct hammered, dude. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> chrysanct, man. Um, yeah, I got athletic that night, to say the least. And you can take that as uh, just talking about the drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I think the people know what athletic means. It means you you out there doing your thing. I just one way or another, right? <laughs> I was just trying to get involved with the drinks, and I did. So, yeah, it was awesome, man. It would there there to answer your original question. There was no awkwardness, maybe at first, but I'm a people person, and I I just know how to relate to people, and that's just me being myself. And this person kind of matched that vibe, so it was. It was fairly easy. You know, she she's in social media and, and does consumer marketing and things like that. The things that I'm sort of interested in as well. So it, it was very easy to bond and mess and just kind of bounce off each other's personalities. And then, yeah, we had a great time throughout the week, man. So I uh, hope to stay in touch with her. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens. You know, she's in she's back in Chicago. So that was her last week in New York as well. So we kind of left. This, we left the same day, just at different times. Um, but yeah, she's back in Chicago and kind of figuring out if she wants to go back to New York, stay in Chicago for six months. I don't know what I want to do. I don't really feel like I'm feeling, feel like I'm wanting to go back to Chicago. Um, I will say when I was up in New York, I did give some, get some of those like dark memories from Chicago because they're fairly similar cities. And yeah. <clears throat> that was just, I think that the, the the dark memories that I'm talking about are just in Chicago, just not being able to like land a full-time job. And then obviously COVID, COVID happened when I lived in Chicago. Um, so yeah, that, I don't know. I don't know if that answered the question. It was just a good vibe, dude. It was a great vibe. Um, but when you, you know, you, I was, like I said, at first, when you try to go up there and make your own love story and shit like that, it's like 50% joking and then 50% realistically that that's not going to happen you don't you you can't you're you're trying to see what that is and if it could be something and meet new people like that especially because you seems like you knew her a little bit longer than like just one time like texted her you've been talking to her for a little while and yeah and stuff like that so So i think that makes it easier it doesn't happen off rip um we're just two different people i think and so yeah. that's that's kind of where that went. And but uh, I will say, man, I I gotta shout out my boys up there who I did go visit. Your guys I gonna, from I yeah. was gonna say you also met some met up with some other people I know and stuff like that. And so it's good that you, you know, didn't spend. It might sound bad if I say it like this, but it, it's good that you didn't focus completely your trip around her. You know, right. you also were there to 
see other people and do a lot of other things as well, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and speaking of that, you met up with some of the guys I went to high school with. Uh, shout out Hop. Uh, yeah, shout James out. James Douglas. Yeah. Mr. Eskin. Um, Eskin's e, got e, a girlfriend, e3, man. E3, yeah. Eskin's got so. a girlfriend. He, he's in love, man. It's it's good seeing all my boys happy. All my boys that I went to go visit up there have girlfriends. Um, yeah. And so they're living it, dude. Hop's got a girlfriend. Eskin. Hop's got a really cool crib in Brooklyn, a two-story. And then that rooftop right up there, I'm sure you saw on my Instagram page, was just, uh, it was, you had a full city view of uh, New York on the other side. Yeah, shout out to them for the hospitality. Ben Davis, big shout out, man. Big, big shout out to Benny Boy. And uh, yeah, I just, it was great, man. That the last day on that Friday, the same day I like dabbed up Stephen A, I was, you know, my friend who I was staying with was working. And so I was just kind of by myself. I had my backpack on for the first time, kind of like what I did in Chicago. And I just roamed around the city, man. I, I went to the World Trade Center. I went to the Oculus, uh, World Trade Center Oculus. I checked out a bunch of memorials um, and I just walked around. So it was cool, man. I just, yeah, you know, that's what you got to do yeah. in, in a bigger city like that. Like in Chicago, it's a very obviously walkable city. Um, maybe not so much for LA, but like even like Miami is a very walkable, you know, city in terms of like a lot of things happen around a, you know, a centralized point. Same with New York. You, you can walk in the city and in the streets and you'll find things and, and stuff like that. So I'm glad that you did, got the chance to do that. Um, what about Central Park? What's your initial thoughts about Central Park? I know you said you were kind of staying next to it. Um, yeah, any stories yeah. about Central Park? Yeah, Central Park was cool. Obviously, thinking about like all the movies and films that have that have been filmed there. Um, it's funny because we went on the boat tour. I think on that Thursday, which was awesome. It was an incredible time. That was probably the probably the most favorite thing. The most favorite thing that I did. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm coming back trying to figure out how to speak English again. <laughs> hey, it happens to the best. Not that I did such that a great job in the first place, but um, yeah, you got to take that Ambien, baby. Um, yeah, but no, 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 no. So we went on the boat tour and then obviously we we're near Central Park and we checked out Central Park. There's a lot of people in Central Park, but man, there are some hagglers there. And uh, this guy's like walking, you know, he comes up to us, a guy like mid 20s, looks like a a decent normal human being, you know, no hobo type shit or anything like that. Uh, just comes us and just starts walking with us for like five minutes. Like, Hey, I don't mean to interrupt you guys, but you know, I, I'm trying to save up money or for, you know, my college education and blah, 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 motherfucker. Just get to the point. You know what I'm saying? Like if you just got to the point, I might've thrown you something, but you're walking with me and another person on my first time in central park. And, uh, it was a bit annoying. And so I was just like, hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be straight up. I'm visiting. I've been spending a lot of money as it is already. Good luck with everything in school, but I, I can't I can't do anything for you, dog. And he's like, that is the that is the worst excuse that I've ever heard in my entire life. And I'm like, go get a job, bro. Like, I don't know what else to say to you. You, you look like a decent human being, dude. Like you can do it probably. So they're hagglers. I mean, they're hagglers in Nashville where we live at, probably where you la live at in Indianapolis. Um, yeah, Central Park was cool. It was overrated in my opinion. Yeah. I think the coolest thing about New York also is, and I'll go both ways with this. The coolest thing, one of the cooler things about New York is not only the diversity and different cultures and different lifestyles that you have in, in every single space in New York, 
but you've got children running around and living lives. You have families there and there are parks there and people are reading in Central Park. Like it all, it all seems normal until someone's just smoking a fat doobie next to a four-year-old <laughs> child. You know what I'm saying? Pot is legal yeah. there. So the whole yeah. city smells like pot. Uh, we had some really good pizza there. But yeah, no, I was just like, that was the one thing I was just kind of thinking about while I was there. I was like, man, this is cool for the kids and the children and everything else. But man, that child's going to be a fucking drug addict at the age of 14. So that yeah. kid's going to be selling drugs on the when corner. I was, when I was in college, I worked out um, on the East Coast in Boston and um, at a camp. And I would, after every year, I would go and stay with one of the kids and his family and kind of just you know, babysit, but just, I mean, it was a babysitter, but it was more of like, we're cool and, and this and that for another week or two after the camp was over, just because A, I wanted to make some extra money, but he lived right across from Central Park. And when, as a kid, obviously their parents are pretty wealthy in that, but when your backyard basically is Central Park, it's like a whole nother idea of like, damn, like this is how some kids grow up. And it was just, Kind of an eye-opening moment. It's the inner city kids is what it is. Yeah. And it was eye-opening for me. It was yeah. like, damn, this is your life and it's a lot different than what I would expect. But yeah, um, at least coming from where I came, living and growing up in Nashville, it's a lot right. different. You know what I mean? Right, so. right, right. Yeah, man. It was it was a good time. I really did enjoy it for the first time. Uh, had a lot of friends that were there. and uh, I saw a bar stool. Bar stool was pretty cool. Yeah. There's no store f- sign. There's not a, I guess Barstool's not a store, but there's no Barstool sign out outside of the building. You don't even know where it's really at. You kind of just guess it's like on the second floor, like a 30 floor building. But yeah, it was, it was good. I'm trying to think if I left anything out. I've told you everything before this. Let me know if I have. <laughs> so I know we talked about uh, you visiting Times Square. Um, I guess, Chris, what was your like, first initial thoughts and, and how that is set up. Cause for me, when I went there the first time, it was like, like you, you said almost shell shocked when you saw Stephen A. For me, that was like a total like 360 of like, this is a different type of place. Yeah. You know? It's, it's not comparable to any other city, like big screens, bright lights. That's what it is. You're walk, you're trying to walk just straight, you know, not bumping shoulders into uh, people with very large shoulders um, and, uh, there's, you know, there's people like just passing you that are just saying, smoke good weed, smoke good weed. Okay. I get that. Uh, I'm trying listen. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just a bunch of big screens and everywhere. And I just wanted to soak it all in. I didn't really want to take, I took one video up on my Instagram. I didn't want to take anything else. No, I didn't take any pictures of times square, no other videos. Didn't want to get myself in there. I did say, I did see a lot of content creators out there that were just trying to break dance on the mother heaven street, brother. And that was cool to see, like, you know, a bunch of little high school chicks, like, taking TikToks and stuff, and it is what it is. I, they wanted me to follow. I said, I don't think that's appropriate. So, uh, it's funny because you think back on it, um, obviously, in, in the in the midst of COVID last year, and that's why my boys told me Times Square is a ghost town, but the screens were still on. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's kind of weird to think about. I've seen some pictures of, like, you know, side-by-sides of, like, during COVID times where you know, Times Square is just absolutely dead. Yeah. And then like when like a popular time, like New Year's or something, it's like totally just 
kind of scary in terms of that. But You got to be careful. You got to bring your wits with you. And I think that was the biggest thing that I knew coming into it because I was passing a lot of people that were looking at me. I had my triple white Jordan ones on every single day of the week. And I'm a little white boy, you know, so I had to, I had to kind of be cautious. I really do need a pocket knife or something like that when you're just going to those bigger cities, because you even got homeless people that are looking at you when you're going one way, they're going the opposite way toward you. This one homeless guy was just like, yo, move over, bro, move over. And I was like, the fuck is that guy's problem? Yeah, I will. But you know, if I don't, he'll probably fucking rock me in the face or something, you know? So you just got to bring your wits with you and just be careful. And uh, I'm sure a lot of people have, you know, gotten pit pocketed there and, you know, kind of messed around with. So that's, you know, that's another, another reason why you should, or another reason why people just don't live there. And another reason probably why I wouldn't move there until I'm, until I'm good, you know, until I got some, some good bread coming in and then staying at a nice, nicer place than anything. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you had a lot of fun for me and, and I'm glad that you got the, the opportunity to do that. Do you have any maybe closing thoughts in terms of, I know we kind of, I mean, speedily went through your, your trip, but like any closing thoughts maybe on the girl situation, on just the trip in, in general, and then like just how you feel after now that you're back home? Yeah. Um, it was a great time overall, and I'm glad I got to do it in uh, a situation that I'm in right now, which is really just trying to figure out my passion and my purpose in life. And so when I was out there kind of by myself, looking at everything, seeing Stephen A. Smith, seeing what what Canon could be. I mean, it's a city that it kind of puts things into perspective. When I was out there, I was like, you know what? Let's get to work, like figure out what you want to do. And some of the talks that I had with some of my best friends out there, just seeing what they do, how they you know how they do things what their lifestyles are like and how you survive up in a big city like that kind of put myself in a perspective. I was like, okay, let's figure out what you want to do. And then the biggest thing that I realized is let's start to make some connections. We know so many people that do so many different things, right? And you don't, and, and I realized I just didn't, I don't take enough time to just reach out to people. You know, it might, it might feel weird or awkward or something like that. Even people, you know, you get on LinkedIn, see an alumni, like, Try to fig- just make connections. So that's the thing that I realized that I, was, I wasn't doing a good job at, just being out there and being like, okay, I appreciate your advice. I appreciate the talks. Uh, you know, realize that you can't force yourself into a relationship, but relationships and friendships are the – friendships and networking is the biggest thing right now for me. Um, <clears throat> all my friends that have girlfriends, are, they're stable. You know what I'm saying? And I'm kind of just at that point where it's like, I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do with my life and not to get too deep about it, but it's, it's, it's a realization and I'm glad I did it. And, um, yeah, man. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Just back in Nashville. I'm in a, I'm in a spot where I was able to go do that for a second. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people working from home and they're able to go move wherever and whatnot, but there are a lot of people that are getting back into their jobs and their offices are now hybrid and then schools and everything else like that. So yeah, I I, I kind of soaked. I kind of just was a sponge and soaked it all in and kind of realized why am I out there? Let's figure out why we're out here now. You know what I'm saying? Like you went out there for maybe a different intention, but once you get out there, let's figure out why you made the trip in the first place so it doesn't sound dumb to yourself. So I tried to go, I tried to do, I don't know if that makes sense, but I just tried to, I tried to make it worthwhile. Yeah. And I, pre- I, think I appreciate another- it. 
Yeah, I think another big thing that a lot of people don't understand, especially on the networking side um, of things is a lot of people, you know, people have reached out to me sometimes and be like, you know, how are you doing? What are you doing? This and that. And I, it makes me feel good in terms of like, hey, this person reached out and it was seeing how I'm doing, what my job situation is, that this and that. So to realize that for you is, is almost was almost made me feel good in terms of because when you go and try to do that and ask somebody about how they're doing, you just have to realize it makes them feel good, too. Mm-hmm. And in terms of networking, that's what it is. Like people love to talk about themselves and. And on the flip side, you get to learn about a lot of different things, which it sounds like you did. So Yeah, yeah. And just I'm getting into those conver- conversations that are just, how are you doing? The right. What you do? How did you get into that? Like, how did you grow a passion? You know, when we do all these interviews, you know, we ask them how right. they got into it in the first place. So, uh, and it's cool. And then when you get into those conversations, obviously they try to help you at the end of it. Right. So that's that's what the benefits of anything. I've just learned that. That's what Ben was saying, man. You try to go do something. uh try to if you want to connect with somebody really try to go connect with them if you're in if you're able to do so uh go go get them lunch man go talk to them and just you know simple things like that i want to shout out mikey domagala who rain checked on my ass but yeah, he told we, me not he, he he told me not to do that because he he really did try shout out official nba buzz that's our boy um it was it was man on friday is when we were supposed to link up and he was in staten island it's about an hour away from financial district and um, it was, you know, it was tor- tornado weather in New York at that, at that point in time. So, uh, shout out Mikey, man. We'll have to get, we'll have to connect at some other point. Shout out to Logan Watkins, man. Another guy who's my fraternity the second night on stone street. Uh, he took us to stone street and, and hosted us, but yeah, man, it was, it was a good time. Closing thoughts. That's it, man. Glad I did it. Let's get to work here, dude. Yeah. I think, uh, with that, well, jump. Well, I guess jump and we dive or do something. You want to jump or dive, brother? I'm always a jumper um, at heart, but I love to dive too. So yeah. uh, you know how we'll, to dive? We'll, oh yeah, I'm I didn't learn how to school. swim till sixth grade, brother. I didn't network uh, enough up to that point. Yeah, but we'll. Uh, All right, I we'll guess bring that's on, a bad joke. <laughs> we'll we'll bring on JP here for the second uh, half of the episode and, and uh, dive into some NBA talk. So. Second half of this episode, we're going to be dribbling. I don't know if you guys know yet, but we're going to be dribbling. JP is uh, joining us. JP is obviously a part of the MTM boys now, but if this is first, if this is someone's first time listening to the boys, um, JP is one of our guys who is on the team, and, and we appreciate him rocking with us every week and, and talking his game and, and getting his hot takes and insights and everything else. JP, how are you on this fine Sunday night? I know I asked you last Sunday. I hope it's a similar answer, but you're looking good, man. I hope you're breathing well. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I'm feeling good, looking good. You, you gentlemen are looking good as, as always. I, it's just whenever I come in here, I always feel just a certain warmth from from the connection we have. And then you were wearing a turtleneck and a chain. You look like Dwayne the Rock Johnson. I, I mean, know. I, was, I I was fascinated by that. So I, it's it's good, man. I can't complain. Clemson win yesterday. Detroit Lions tie today. We'll take it. I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's all in all. I think I'm gonna get a couple fantasy wins this weekend. I'm I'm doing good. And I'm ready to talk some ball. Let me ask you something. Why does TJ Hawkinson get zero points in the game? Because Jared Goff can't throw the damn ball. That's that's only answer I got for you. Man, I'm devastated, dude. Star player, man. Star player, top five tight end in fantasy football. We'll see what happens 
in my fantasy leagues, man. But glad you're here, JP. Don't know if you're lying or not, but uh, glad you're breathing well, brother. Okay, cool. Before we get into it, watch out. It's about looking at it, dude. Uh, today's episode, uh, second half of this episode of Man to Man is brought to you by Zinbo Watches. So watch out, baby. Zinbo has created one of the most unique watch faces in the world with their signature Blade Kai collection. It's a collection, baby. They have a ton of beautiful, sleek designs with dozens of different colorways to choose from. A perfect accessory for a night out or use as an everyday timepiece. Zinbo's Collections is a uh, must-have in your watch arsenal collection. Um, go to their arsenal collection. Okay, cool. Uh, go to their website today, zinbowatches.com, and snag a piece before it's too late. It's we got about 15 days to do it pretty much. That's that's what the uh the partnership between the MTM boys and Zenvos that's how long we last until you can uh use them. Okay. Use promo code MTM20 at the checkout to help support our show and to receive 20% off your final purchase. Stand out from the crowd, Zenvo watches. Appreciate the copy from none other than JP. We appreciate it, man. He knows how to write as well. We got a stud on the wall here, man. All right, cool. Second half, baby. Let's talk some ball. Let's get into it, baby. Trivia question. And you guys, are, I think, are one and one. JP will just, you know, we'll give you the win first week, dude. Um, I'm going to ask the question again this week. If you guys don't mind, you guys are one and one. You missed the last week's question, which I believe was who has lost three straight NBA finals. And it was... Was it the Knicks? It was the Knicks. They lost to the Minneapolis Lakers and the Celtics. So, here we go, baby. Trivia question of the week. Who is the lowest-seeded team to win the NBA title? Well, so we, we, so we need the seed. Do we need the seed and the team? Or what, what's good here on this? We'll, we'll go seed and team. Uh, well, uh, obviously, we'll start off with my hint. What uh, I think I, I don't even know where this is going because I have no idea off the, off the top of my head. But uh, what do we got a year that this might have happened in um, in terms of what 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 team did this? Do you want the year? Is that is that the hint that you want? I mean, yeah, <laughs> unless you're going to give me a, a better hint. What's what's the <laughs> Can we start with decade? Decade. Give us the decade first. And then if we can't get decade, we'll go down to year. Yeah. 90s. 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 All right. Yeah. I got I got an idea. JP, you got any ideas here? So we, we can go by year, really. So the Bulls, six of them. Right. So, but were the Bulls ever not the one or two seed in the East? I think they were uh I honestly think they were a four seed. One of the years, I think in 80 or 92, one of the years they, they had a down year, I think. And you got to think about who also played in the 90s, though, that yeah. were that were good teams. What other teams were good teams? The Rockets took one or one or two. Yeah. Uh, late late one. 90s. That, that would have been the Spurs and a lockout season. But was yeah. that that could have been 2000. I got to stop smiling, man. <laughs> I think it was oh, like, I think it's it like, right. no, I, I, really I think it think, might be like 99 Spurs. I don't know. I like, I was going to say, I think it's late 90s. I think that was where I, yeah. I got the, can 
we get the year because if we get the it year, ain't it ain't early nineties. I'm not gonna say if it's mid or late though. So so it's not so it's not early. I like I like I, your, I, I, you. You want me to give you the year? I'll give you the year. Yeah, give me the year because I think I ninety five. Ninety five. So Ooh. that is mid. So it's dead middle. Rockets. Yeah, I I like that. I don't know if I have another team to. So I mean, if it's ninety five, when was I'm the last sure time the Bulls? When was the last year that the Bulls won? Was it the 92-93 season? That's their last championship, well, then, right? They and then they a took a break. Like, and then they yeah. had a couple of them, and then they came back and won a couple more, right? Yes, Afterwards. When, yeah. And so, so it's those, I don't – I think it was those two years in between where – Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was Bulls or not, but if it's not Bulls, it's, it's got to be Rockets. Like, that. that yeah. those are – I'm going to guess 95. I, I don't re- ever remember hearing about like the 90. You hear the 96 Bulls a lot, but not like the 95. Yeah. So, well, it, was that, I, it was that year in between I've, those two. 95 and 96 for the Bulls. But that was the year. Um, so what's the final guess? For both you guys. I mean, you I guess, guys. I guess, I guess you, you'll, you, you take, you take what you think. And I'll just say the other team and see if that's right. All right, I'll say I thought it was I think it was the Rockets. Yeah. And I'll say I think it'll be the Bulls if it's not. And then I think the Rockets were I'll go four seeds. Yeah, I think I think the Bulls were that I think that also the Bulls were that four seed too, to be honest with you. I think that was a down year if it if it happens to be. So So this team entered the playoffs seated sixth oh, in the shit. Western Conference with a 47-35 record. But they became the lowest seeding team to win an NBA title, beating four 50-game winners in the process, being the Utah Jazz, the Phoenix Suns, San Antonio Spurs, and the Orlando Magic, who they swept in the finals. Hmm. 1995, the Houston Rockets. Yeah, that was yeah. a good guess. That was, thank, that was, you. thank you. That was nice. very we, – we worked through that very well. I think as a, as a team, we worked through that, that question very well. That was so, awesome, man. All right. Well, should we call it one and one for each now, or should we say JP two and one, Hoopstar one and two? I think I think me and JP are are, are on a team to stump you, because yeah. we worked through that very well together. So okay. I think I think it's it's us against you. So. All right, all right. We'll call you guys two and one, JP and Hoop two and one, Andy. I don't know two and like fifty. Yeah. <laughs> Why we kind of switched it up. All right. We're going to go into our game of the week here. Game of the week. I'll go first. You want me to go first? Yeah, you got first. You got first. Give you a game of the week, man. Okay. Uh, Well, I'll start. Hold up. We'll start here first. Before you give your game of the week, we got got some some things that we got to handle first. When we, you know, we give out picks and and we, you know, we want the people to follow our picks because we want them to think that we're good at, you know, basketball talk and and our our takes and stuff. But when you've uh, gone, we started this now and you've gone 0 for 2, how can the people trust you if we're going 0 for 2? You haven't even given one winner yet. I know we're early, but still, you got to give some type of some something for the people, right? Yeah, I think last week's game of the week. All right, so my I gotta avoid teams trying to beat the Warriors. All right, that's <laughs> that's my biggest thing right here. Those have been my two games of the week. Um, it was I think it was the Hornets to upset the 
warriors, just straight up outright. And then I was like, okay, let me step back a little bit. More of an electric team went off on that whole rant about the Bulls. The Bulls are still up there. Dude. They're, they just played a really, really bad game. And so I took the spread on that game took the spread on that game and they just got rocked. Lonzo ball doesn't know how to score the ball that game. Uh, I guess back in California, you know, back to his old LA Lakers days and he just wasn't great. So I'm going to avoid the, I'm going to avoid betting against the Warriors because I think the Warriors are just a hot team right now. Although they're down to Sunday night with 25 seconds left in the fourth against none other than the Charlotte Hornets. So fuck. All right, so my game of the week is going to be a little different this week. And I don't know if it's a hot game of the week, but I think it is, man. I think it is. I'm just I'm I'm very underdog heavy. So my game of the week is Wednesday night ESPN 6:30 p.m. The Lakers at Bucks. I'm talking about Lakers are out with LeBron right now and they've been out with LeBron He'll be back. He'll be back with his game, man. So <laughs> JP's looking at me like this. He, nah, this ain't it, dude. JP's not a Lakers guy. We, we need a we we need a win, and I don't know taking a a team that's not so, looking so hot. <laughs> here, my game of the week: Bucks hosting Lakers Wednesday night, ESPN six thirty p.m. Take the Lakers plus seven and a half. ESPN has the Bucks favored at like seventy nine, almost eighty percent. Yes, I know. Chris Middleton is also out with COVID, but he will be back. There's another guy that's just weirdly playing out of his mind for the Bucs, and I don't know how long that's going to last. White boy, Grayson Allen. Let's relax sure. a little bit, dude. Um, so I, Le- LeBron is, he's getting there. He's out right now. It's Sunday night. Frank Vogel said he's not participating in contact practices yet, but he looks, quote unquote, very good in individual practices. LeBron statement game, Wednesday night, ESPN. The Lakers are, yeah, they're shitting the bed right now, but whatever. But so are the Bucs, kind of. Let's, or is no one just going to be like, oh, the Bucs should be top five, top two team right now? They're like 11th, tied with the Pacers. Let's relax a little bit on the Bucs. LeBron's coming back Wednesday night. He's, uh, the Lakers are 4-2 and two with LeBron playing this year. The two losses are against... The Warriors, the very first game of opening night where LeBron put up a whopping 34 points and a seven-point loss. And then that second night, the Phoenix Suns. The Suns have always just gotten another uh, extra hand, I guess, over the uh, Lakers. But he also put up 25 points. LeBron, statement game, ready to come back. This team's been looking iffy without him. But if AD can put up, golly, 34 points and 15 rebounds, Rust. I don't know if they need to change their their uh, their. I don't know their. Uh, what's the one am I looking for? Their lineup. <laughs> I don't know minutes. if they need to change their lineup or minutes with different guys or not like that. I think Malik Monk needs more minutes. I think Rondo needs more minutes. I don't know. If, you're still trying to figure out things with Westbrook, but and that's I guess that's going to be the biggest question with the Lakers going forward. Is how, how does Westbrook? Combine in these in this situation where you have AD and, and LeBron two juggernauts. Nonetheless, I think it's a good bounce back game for the Lakers if LeBron's healthy and playing this game. Take the points, Lakers plus seven and a half, maybe eight. I don't know if it's going to go that high, but take the Lakers plus the points. Hopefully, we can win one, boys. And I apologize if we don't win this one, but I, I'm feeling good with LeBron being back. Yeah, I I'm not gonna say I like the pick because I probably would have be on the other side, but I do am a Lakers fan, so I'm glad you you know you're believing in what they're doing and in that in that sense. But uh, I'll go I'll go to my game of the week real quick, 
And I'm actually going to jump on the train that you've been trying to jump on and saying beating the teams of the Warriors. Some team has to beat the Warriors. There are, you know, 10 and one right now as a Sunday night. And their best shot of getting beat is by, for me, the best team um, in the Eastern Conference, maybe not just in terms of, you know, whatever your thoughts are on what the record is, but the best built team is definitely going to be the Nets. And I, I like their matchup against the, the Warriors, not to, you know, foreshadow, you know, some topics in, in man-to-man worthy, but James Harden is clicking. He's starting to get in his stride. KD, you don't have to worry about KD. KD is going to be a consistent scorer in that. Um, the Nets are on the road here at the Warriors, and I think they'll be favored, or the Warriors will be favored still just because they're at home and they've been playing so great. Um, so that's probably just a little little small um, underdog, maybe one or two points here. But I think this is really – you look at games in the beginning of a season of like these are games that will help you define and help you build into a team that makes a run. And we all like to look at games like this and be like, oh, it's, you know, it's a good matchup, Nets and the Warriors. But these guys are looking much more down – the road than this game in itself that being said i think the nets have to be you know kind of the the big dogs in the eastern conference because it is kind of we got the wizards at the top of conference right now in the east so it's they're going to try to start putting those pieces together to make you know statements and this is a statement game um for the nets and, and get them start rolling and what not to do it against a, a great team in terms of their record and how they've been playing lately. So I got to take the Nets being the Warriors. So I'm going to jump on your train, Andy. And this week is where the the Warriors go down and the Nets will win. So I don't know if this is a good, I don't know. If Jesus, this, call it, baby. Someone beat the Warriors, baby. I don't know if this is a, a good spot to take, but I mean, if you got, you know, the Nets on your side, you got to take them. So I'll take the Nets plus the, plus the points because – I think this is a a good game for them. So, JP, do you have a do you have an idea of uh, of a game that you've had your eyes on this for this week or something like that? Or maybe do you agree with our takes? Help your boy out. Help Andy out here. Man, he's looking for a win. So, Mm -hmm. so so I don't have any anything specific. I, I, I NBA gambling is something that I try to take very lightly. Because come playoff time, I know I'm going to lose a lot of money because I have to gamble in the playoffs. So in the regular season, I take a little easy. However, I do want to make this statement now. If the Bucks end up covering and blow the Lakers out of the water, I'm going to give Andy the fade God title for a, until he wins. <laughs> and then that means I will be fading him. But I'm giving him one more week. And I don't, I don't even gamble regular season like that, but I will. So I'm, I'm making that statement right now. If Andy gotcha. loses this week, he's getting the fade God title. Won't happen if LeBron. All right, if LeBron is in there, dude, I think they cover. If not, you got to give me one more week. Fair. That's tough. That's tough. <laughs> That's tough. Well, we're gonna have to see that what happens. We're gonna. Have to, uh, I'll, I'll. I'll think about it. But like, if the Bucks, be, if the Bucks win by like 13, 14, LeBron's getting those fourteen. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We'll see. We'll see. I, I'm just. I'm, I'm. I'm just in my head. The wheels are spinning. I'm. I'm 
the little shadow of a doubt is starting to creep in and we'll, we'll just see what happens. One way or another, Andy, you're going to make me a lot of money because I'm either going to jump on your train or I'm yeah. going to just fade the hell out of you every yeah, week. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for it, baby. I'm waiting for it. Praise God. With that being said, yeah. Let's, let's do man-to-man worthy here. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, short, sweet intro. I'm going to ask these boys about some NBA topics. They're going to tell me whether they want to talk about it. They're going to give their takes. If they don't want to do that, we're keeping it moving. Let's jump right in. Uh, so first one, this happened about a week ago now, so it's, it's a little bit through the news cycle. But when it happened, it was a big deal. Uh, Nikola Jokic, MVP candidate, one of the best players in the league, uh, known for having a bit of a hothead. You, you don't see it too much on the court, but when it comes out, it's a big deal. Uh, Markeith Morris, known instigator, known hothead. These two went at it. Morris gave him a little shove coming up down the court when the game was really in hand, I think is part of the bigger deal is the game was basically over. And then Jokic, out of not really out of nowhere, but surprisingly, shoves Marky Morris in the back, almost like punches him in the back of the head. It was, it was a pretty big swipe from Nikola Jokic, who is not a small dude. Now, I'm not one to ever mess with Nikola Jokic. That dude came from the streets of Serbia. So you, you ain't going to see me mess with that guy. But the question is, is that was this, from the beginning, Marky Morris cutting him off, giving him a shove, and then the Jokic swipe. First off, was it a dirty play? And then, of course, is it man-to-man worthy in general? And do we think there's going to be any repercussions beyond the suspensions and the fines that have already happened? Yeah, I'll, I'll say this, and I, I'm glad that you brought up the question, was that a dirty play? Because I think this is where the discussion needs to go towards in terms of it's worthy because this is types of, of, of conduct that we see nowadays in the modern NBA of where NBA players – we know like football is an aggressive sport. It's a very heavy people hitting people all the time, right? Um, even hockey. And when you talk about the NBA, the modern day NBA has turned soft in this in this instance. If you if you watched, you know, I I know I've not been alive long enough, but like, you know, pre-90 basketball in the NBA, it's been so like, you know, physical in terms of people are you know, bumping, grabbing, all of this. And nowadays it's like, oh, well, we can't be touched. That's, you know, too aggressive and this and that. So for me, I don't think it was so much of a dirty play, but it was just two guys, you know, in the heat of the moment. And one person didn't like what was happening and they were losing. And somebody did something that was maybe out of character, but not really, but just was surprising to happen. And so, there was a reaction and that's just basketball. And that's what basketball, if you play basketball from little kids all the way, you know, middle school, high school, AAU, college and beyond, that is how basketball has been played all over the place. You know, you, there have been times where you get, somebody gets under your skin and something happens and you're like, no, fuck this. I'm about to, you know, say my piece and do a little extra. So for me, I like it. I think it just shows the passion of basketball. And that's where we got to get back to people actually, or players actually caring about these first round or these early games in in the season. And that just means that they both really cared. So for me, I don't think it was as much of a dirty play as is just two people that were very passionate. So for me, I didn't mind it. Should it happen again every night? Probably not, but it was, a, I think it was a little blown out of proportion, at least in my eyes. So, I don't yeah, think think about what that. you're trying to get into is the question, you know, like, yeah, what you trying I, to do, man? What you trying to do? <laughs> what you trying to, <laughs> what you trying to do, man? 
I, I've said this in recent episodes, and I think this is one of the most exciting NBA seasons that we've seen in a minute. Um, you got to love a little bit of physicality, especially in the beginning parts of the NBA season. And this is just going to continue to add some more heated momentum and slash beef and get other people involved, get fans involved. This might even, you know, get, get more seats uh, in those arenas, but uh, you got to love the physicality, but Liam, I'm taking the other side. Hell yeah. It was a dirty play. And uh, both of the, Jokic both Jokic. of the moves were dirty though. Marquise Morris's play was dirty. And what Jokic did was dirty. If you w- go back and look at the replay, Marquise Moore is known to doing these little extra. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. It was a really hard hit, though. It really was. And especially when the guy wasn't looking. Good thing that Marquise had his back turned to Jokic because if it was, if he was facing Jokic, this guy could have got real rock, dude. Nonetheless, this guy's head snapped back, and it could have been a lot worse than it was. I think Jokic, he said it. Little, it's a stupid play. Said it was a stupid play. I feel bad. Not supposed to react that way. I don't think so either. Uh, you get fined too. You get other players fined, but it adds heat. It adds heat. It adds heat to the game. Uh, it adds eyes to the games. There are a lot of people that we we have a lot of friends that don't necessarily like NBA basketball. But when you have people that are you know bumping and and shoving people and and fighting and things like that, yeah, it adds a little scruff to um, or adds a little notice to people's eyes. Um, I don't really have a huge take on this. I just thought it was a dirty play. Liam, I'm with you. I'm not a big Morris guy, Morris Twins fan at all. Uh, I like Jokic a lot, but the guy's a reigning MVP. And, you know, somebody like that with a little higher class and um, just overall class to him. I get the whole Serbia thing. You don't want to mess around with the guys, the European guys like that. But, um, yeah, it's just it's it was, you know, he overreacted. Uh, I guess we'll just see what happens next time they play because I wouldn't be surprised if it happened again. Well, that's the thing, too. These two teams will more than likely see each other in the playoffs, right? So this just builds a storyline for me. And I just – it's not even that they were if – it, if it was a good thing or a bad thing to do. It was just we need more edginess in the NBA. Like we're getting rid of these calls of like – you know, kicking your leg out and fouls and this and that. Take me back, like, back on the schoolyard, you know, hard foul. You swipe me, I get a bloody nose, but I'm not complaining about it because I know this is how basketball is played, you know, in, in certain situations. So, for me, I, I just like the edginess. Maybe Jokic took it a little too far, but I maybe you shouldn't have pushed him as hard or, you know, gave him a shove that hard, but don't don't get in his face, you know, push him a little bit, show him that you're not just going to take little pushes and, and little things that, you know, from from people. So that's my take. Uh, I, I'm, I'm OK with this. I'm OK yeah. with this. You got to protect yourself. I get it. I get the retaliation, but it was it was an overreaction. That's fair. JP. Yep. I, I mean, I, I would say of the two of y'all, I would say I probably lean a little bit more t- towards Liam just because not not even something that you you actually brought up, Andy, is that, you know, Jokic is the M- reigning MVP. And this man really, I feel like, doesn't get the respect he deserves. I mean, we this guy is a top border, like at the minimum right now, top five player of the league. And he's probably more top three. And you still got guys messing with him, poking at him, you know, in the media. You don't, he doesn't get the respect he deserves. 
I think it's about time like that he starts, you know, he just at the court, you would never see a guy do that to LeBron. They, they don't do that. You know, they try to do it to Steph, but it doesn't work. They try to, you don't really do it to Giannis, but then these guys, they feel like they could take advantage of Jokic like that. And I think the Nuggets, part of it's also because I feel like the Nuggets have, even though they're trying so hard, they haven't really found their identity yet. And, you know, if, if this happens to any other superstar in the league, I feel like there's a, it's just, he doesn't have to take care, take, take care of it. Jokic can turn around and look at anybody else on the bench and be like, yo, go get that guy for me. It's done. <laughs> I, right. I don't they, which is how it should happen. You know, they should be able to get Bones Highland, the rookie, off the bench, and Bones should just go do the same thing. So I, I think eventually the Nuggets will come. Not that Jokic can't handle his own business, he can. Also, his brothers are very scary. But um, I'd say I, I think in the future, and I'm sure they've talked about in the locker room, the next time somebody tries to mess with Jokic like this, I'm sure it won't be him handling the business. Somebody else is going to come in. Yeah. His, Maybe they'll his, run Composo out there. I was going to say his or his brother's going to, you know, yeah. take or him in the, the brothers, back. Yeah. yeah, the brother's going to take yeah. him back in the back room and be like, this ain't going to happen no more. Yeah, that I guess last thing on this before we get really crazy with it is like, who else was out there to protect the reigning MVP on that same side? You see Jimmy Butler just got a dog in him. The Heat have a certain type of dog in him that a lot of other teams just don't have. Where was that? Where was anybody else? For Jokic, so. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Well, going from one Morris brother to the other, from the Heat all the way over to the West Coast, talk about the Los Angeles Clippers, where Marcus Morris plays. Uh, the Clippers are the hottest team in basketball right now, besides maybe the Warriors. Uh, they've won seven in a row. Uh, they just absolutely destroyed the Timberwolves last night. They're going to play the, the Bulls tonight. Andy, see what happens. Your Bulls could be a yep. good game. Uh, but. Obviously, still early seven game runs in the early early season don't mean much. However, without Kawhi Leonard, Paul George is playing the best basketball he's played since the Thunder and probably a few years before that since his Pacer days. Uh, he's dominating on defense. He's still got one of the silkiest, smoothest games in the league. Uh, looking like a possible MVP candidate. I would say he's still out probably the top five right now. But if he keeps playing like this, he's going to shoot right back up. Do we think these Clippers balling out of control? Paul George taking over. Is this man a man worthy? Yeah, I'll say it is because I'm glad you brought up that the Clippers are playing very well. And I'm I'm also, you have to think about the Western Conference right now. You got the Warriors, you got the Suns, and then from three to eight, they're separated by one game. And if, if, if Paul George, especially without Kawhi Leonard, is putting their, his team into a position to win, that is what I consider an MVP. So for me, I, I I will I want him to continue to do this. And the Clippers are, you know, once they do get Kawhi back later in the season, this is, you know, this is another scary team for the Western Conference to deal with. And if you are the Warriors and you are the Suns and the Lakers, um, even the Jazz, even though I have no confidence in the Jazz to do anything in the playoffs until they actually do it, those are teams like the Clippers are a team that you don't want to see. And it really gives me more of a like assurance that I don't think this is Kawhi Leonard's team anymore. I think it's slowly mm -hmm. starting transition into this is Paul George's. He's number one option. And let Paul George give you as much as he can. And then when you can't get anything more out of Paul George, wait, we do have Kawhi Leonard who has won championships won MVPs in the in the finals. 
we have another guy to do it all. But let Paul George be the the first option, and then Kawhi do what Kawhi does and do all the dirty work and play defense. And not that Paul George doesn't play defense because he's also a very good defender, but let him do the you know the secondary work and, and stuff like that. So I like it, and I think it also kind of puts an identity to the, the Clippers for later in the season. And I think this is the identity. If this is going to work with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, Paul George has to be the number one option. And then Kawhi just cleans up. Yeah, I think those guys have been trying to figure out which one is going to be a leader, right? We've talked about with the Nets and, you know, they're missing, I think they're missing their leader in Kyrie. You know, I'll give you the ball this play. Let me get the ball this play. Who's going to take the last shot? Are you going to do it? Should I do it? Coach, what should we do? Tyron Lue, also amazing, outstanding coach. And this is, he's another just huge reason why they're having so much success at the beginning of the year. Uh, but without Kawhi, it looks like the team is establishing themselves and finding that true identity. And it, I think it's going to be a real difference player once postseason hits. I don't think they're going to get upset. I think that that whole 3-1 thing is not going to happen again. But you got to think about the other supporting cast and these guys. And we talk about it. Yeah, you can have that one or two all-star on your team. But who else is on that floor with you? Reggie Jackson, averaging 22 points a game right now. Uh, Batoon, about 17. Bledsoe is putting up numbers. Paul George. Like, they just have a momentum and chemistry um, that they're playing so well with right now where it's just going to continue, right? Liam, we always talk about momentum. And I really do think the momentum is, like, the biggest word um, to describe how well a team plays, how you, how much momentum you have with the team is cr absolutely crucial. Just going into the beginning of the season, making a statement for your team and yourselves and your team's identity, middle of the season, bringing that momentum into that. And then obviously d down the stretch, you know, momentum going into the postseason and the playoffs, you got these guys averaging points like this and then, you know, getting, you know, picking roles, going down the screens, popping to Nicholas Batoon, Paul George facilitating as a sister, Bledsoe playing out of his mind. It's just like, yeah, okay, cool. We should probably have a, a, a bigger plan when playing the Clippers, when when your other teams like that. So uh, that's just my take on it. Uh, momentum's huge right now, especially when starting out. That's why the that's why everyone's like, oh, Warriors, Warriors, Warriors. It's because they're playing so well uh, at a fairly easy pace for themselves, if that makes sense. And I believe the Clippers are doing the same thing. Tyron Lue's got them on board, got them on track. And yeah, Liam, without Kawhi, yeah pretty scary if they and got it, this going on right and it now. gives and i'm glad you brought the role players too because it not only does it give them an identity of what i said but when you have role players that are putting up numbers like you said and it it not even feels good as a role player to you know have a big game it gives you confidence of like i am able to do this i'm able to knock down a big shot i'm able to do this and that and adding eric bledsoe great pickup or whatever but like at the same time it just gives them confidence to know that once things do start to roll not that they're not already rolling but start to click and they add Kawhi back into the mix it just has the the team has confidence in themselves right now so right the question is just are those guys gonna continue to have that confidence when Kawhi comes back or are they gonna be like okay Kawhi's back hmm you know they they built saying. it now. That's what I'm saying. They've built yeah. their the, the confidence is already there right now. You know, it's right. built. I think so too. Now and then, maybe they might not get as many touches or opportunities, but they do have that. When they get the opportunity, they have that confidence of like, "This is my time." You know what I mean? And I'll mm -hmm. knock down a big shot or, you know, have a couple of plays on the defensive end to 
get a steal. And and I don't think Kawhi is that player where he's like, nah, I'm bad. Give me the rock either. No, you know, he'll be like for sure, but you know, not anything overly excessive. I see how well my teammates can play if we play the right way. And so I don't want to mess that up in any sort of way. Exactly. And it builds confidence for Kawhi and Paul George, the two big, you know, time players that they also have confidence in their role players too. You know, like, Sometimes the question I'm going to use LeBron, but sometimes LeBron questions his role players. You know, can I pass it to J.R. Smith, or is he going to fucking you know re- not remember the time? This right now, and the role players showing, you know, that they can do it, also builds confidence in Kawhi and Paul George. Of like, yeah, I can pass it to Eric West. I can pass it to Batum, and and they can you know produce on a not a sketchy level so so when i look at teams you know a regular season performance for me is good because you gotta make the playoffs but i'm a, i'm just a i'm a postseason guy i look at your top seven top eight because when it comes to playoff time that's all you're gonna run with if you start going nine ten deep in the playoffs you got problems so when i look at these top seven top eight for the clippers and i insert Kawhi in there we don't know exactly if he's gonna play or not this is like one of the best top seven, top eights in the league. And it, it's, they are a team that it's really hard to score against because across the, the board, they just have good defenders. And they're really starting to figure out their offensive game. You got Terrence Mann coming off the bench, hooping. You got guys, like you said, you know, Eric Bledsoe. Eric Bledsoe last year in the playoffs was unplayable. But this year, he looks a lot better, a lot more comfortable. Nicholas Batum, a guy who was a forgotten about when he was in Charlotte, come back and having a career revival. Is it Ty Lue? Maybe. Is it Paul George just having that sort of culture around him? Maybe. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's working. And I I do think, though, this is probably it for this Clippers team. After this season, it's going to be really hard to keep these guys together because they return a lot. If they can't get it done now, I don't think they ever do. But this is a scary team right now. I don't want to play them. And I, I can say that if Kawhi Leonard comes back and search himself in this lineup and can be, be a factor, can even be 75% of what we know Kawhi can be, this is a scary team. This is a very, very scary team. So, so I have I a question. I have a question for you. Because um, yeah. you brought up, is this the last, you know, mm-hmm. push for the, the Clippers? If they say they make it to the Western Conference Finals and lose to maybe a Warriors or a Lakers team or something, or the Suns even possibly. Are they still getting broken up after that? I I honestly, I think in today's NBA, I can see it happening because yeah. teams just move so fast. And, and the free agency these next couple of years is going to be crazy. And it's there's guys coming up. So many rookies are going to be so are so good right now. I mean, you look at the Blazers. You know, Blazers made the Western Conference Finals just two, three seasons ago now, I guess. And now the Blazers, they haven't really had too much roster turnover at the top at least. And now it looks like they're going to have to blow it up at some point because the team just isn't there. If, if you don't capitalize in your window of opportunity with the, how good the NBA is right now, it's over. So then follow-up is if they make it to the finals and they lose, are they splitting up? I think that's even – that's where my r- original question happened to, to yeah. man. Probably. Yeah, so. I guess – I mean, yeah, I think it's a different question. You see what happens. I mean, I, I – I still think even if they get to the finals and don't don't win, it's pr- it's probably still time to change something up. You know, can you hold on to these guys? Is really what it, it comes down. Terrence Mann, when it's time, he's gonna get he's big paid. money. Yeah, he's yeah. getting paid. Guys like like I mean, Paul George, when this contract's up, he's still in his prime. Kawhi's still in his prime. Can you hold on to these guys? I know Steve Ballmer's willing to give up the money, 
but there's a cap for a reason. So I think this is the Clippers opportunity and we'll see if they, they stick it out. So that, that's, that's all I got to say on the Clippers. So if y'all, if y'all are good on that one, I'm, I'm good to move on. Let's do it. All right. Next up in man to man worthy, our next candidate is uh, another team that's really hot right now and actually has been one of the best teams in the league by record. Although if you watch them play, you could probably understand why a little hesitant to say they're that good. But uh, the Washington Wizards, top of the East, they've won four in a row, nine and three gritty wins, dirty wins. Rui Hachimura, not even with the team, and they're getting wins. Uh, Bradley Beal has been good, has not been Bradley Beal of years past, and he's dealing with some personal stuff, loss of family right now, but obviously that it all takes into account. But this team just wins games. I don't really know how they do it, and I they're the top of the East right, right now. I don't think they're going to stay there. But maybe. Do we think this Wizards team, as they are right now, top of the East and looking pretty darn good, is this man-to-man worthy and are they real contenders? I'll say no. Let's keep it moving. But I do want to say one thing. Adding Kyle Kuzma and Harold to that team, it's probably one of the best moves they've ever done in their, you know, as a GM in, to, in terms of getting pieces. Bradley Bill, obviously we know what he can do. Mm-hmm. But is it worthy enough to talk about? No, because I was talking to Andy about this earlier today. Until we get you know proof that you can do something in the playoffs and, and actually turn some heads like the Hawks did last year, I don't want to talk about it. That's me. I don't care about it. The Wizards, they're making moves and, and producing, but wait, let's see what it is in like 30 games. And if they're still at the top of the East, then, then we can sit here and talk about it for me. Yeah, I'll kind of just second, I guess, as selfish as it sounds, like what I said about the momentum going into the middle of the season. Yeah. If they can do that, okay. Let's talk. <laughs> Let's talk. But I will say it's pretty cool for them to go 0-4 in the preseason. And then after that, 5-1. and Like after that, you know, like they lost to the Nets by 14. Not bad. Uh, they're playing ball, man. They're playing ball. Respect to them. Great moves. But uh, let's see if they can continue to do it. Keep it moving. All right. Keep it moving. It is. Yeah. I, I've watched this team play a few times. They're right in my local local region TV. I don't, I don't know how they win games, but they do. So, and you know what? That's sometimes better than just being a team that looks really good and loses games. I'd rather have the wins. Facts. But, yeah, we'll keep it moving. And then another surprise team at the top of the East, although they did just have a very unfortunate turn of events, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, they've been really good. They run seven-footers in and out like they grow on trees. However, Colin Sexton, their star point guard, probably out for most of the season. It says six to eight weeks, but who knows with this stuff. He's down for a while, and it's going to be not good with a little knee injury. Uh, that leaves the hands, uh, the Cavs in the hands of Jared Allen, who has been playing like crazy. Uh, Darius Garland, point guard, still figuring it out, but he's a good project guy. Actually started coming to his own now. Shout out Vanderbilt. And shout out Vanderbilt. Shout and out now, Nashville, baby. And town, and now the uh, surprise rookie of the year. Not really a surprise if you knew what you were getting, but a guy who kind of came out under the radar. Evan Mobley has been the best rookie this year by far. Y'all could argue with um, about it with Chris Chris Duarte. I don't really want to hear it. Evan Mobley is <laughs> better than Chris Duarte, but this Cavs team with all this talent, even with Sexton out, they're at the top of the East. They're right up there with the Wizards. These are two teams who we both thought were going to be basement, and now they're up top. 
are these calves worthy of talking about with their seven footers and their crazy shocking tournament events? Good team. Um, for me, I'll kind of roll over with the wizards, but I do want to shout out Evan Mobley. I think that's why, um, we have to at least mention it. I'm not going to sit here and, you know, spend 15 minutes talking about them like we did, you know, some other topics on here, but Evan Mobley, you knew coming from USC that if you watched any of those games, you knew he was the real deal. Um, and he's only going to get bigger, stronger, and better in terms of, you know, shaping his game towards the NBA style. And he's going to be, I mean, he's going to be a, a problem, not that he not already is, but he's going to be a problem when, you know, once he gets out of his rookie contract, because he's not going to win anything at the Cavaliers right now. But just. Yeah. Yeah, I it's it's a weird team to watch that's <laughs> has so much success. It is though. It is you really know, you gotta think you about know, it. And, and then Ricky Rubio, like career high, 37 points. They you know, up uh down against I guess the Celtics last night, win by two points. Uh Kevin loves out potentially indefinitely for this team. Health and safety protocols for love. We know he's kind of dealt with some injuries here and there over the past few seasons. Don't know what's happening there, but man, I'm I'm with you, dude. I think Evan Mobley. If I had to put money on it today, I probably am pretty soon here on win, but no, I know. Um, Evan Mobley will will be the rookie of the year. He's way too good. Uh, you know, you got Scotty Barnes right there. I get that, but Evan Mobley is a stud, and I might have to rock with him, dude. You know, you know what the Cavaliers are. You know, when you go to the YMCA and you play in four on four, and you go, I want the athletic guy. Give me yeah. the point. I want to run with you to the point guard. Um, oh, you big as hell. Yeah. Give me you, Jared Allen. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a, you know, a, a thrown to team, you know, a bunch of players just thrown together in that sense. They don't really have an identity, but they're getting the job done, you know? So yeah, they winning games. They say <laughs> the W column, baby. Keep it moving though. Yep. Hey, well, like we said with the wizards, man, I'd rather look weird and win than look good and lose, but yep. the Cavs are starting to look good. And, and I think sex and going down is going to be a big deal, but we can keep it moving. We'll, we'll talk to the Cavs in, in, February. We'll, we'll see what's actually going down. Same with the Wizards. But now with a team who we've we've all believed in since day one, another Eastern Conference team, a lot of Eastern Conference talk today, the Brooklyn Nets. I, I am happy to say, because I've believed the entire year, a lot of people in the league and around the league probably are not very happy to hear this, but the Brooklyn Nets are starting to figure it out. James Harden is starting to get there. He's starting to come up to full speed. Kevin Durant, if the season ended right now, it would probably be him and Steph, one-two for MVP. The dude... It, it's somehow is getting better every year, which is insane for me to think about. I won't go too much deeper into it because I want to give it to you guys, but do we think the Brooklyn Nets, James Harden starting to figure it out, Steve Nash figuring out rotations, Kevin Durant playing out of his mind right now. Is it man to man worthy? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to, I'm going to give this one to Andy because this is a topic that we talked about before the show of that. He, he almost begged, it to be man to man worthy, and I've all I, I'm I'm able to sit here and talk about the Nets all day because I think they're just so fascinating. But I'll give the floor to Andy first here on this one, actually. So is this worthy? I, I already is. know they I already know the answer, yeah. but go ahead. <laughs> Harden's that kind of player that's had to adjust his game every single season, every single season, and this might this might be one of his hardest seasons to to be able to adjust to for obvious reasons. But the great, the greatest thing about this season for James Harden right now, getting into it, is like you're saying, JP, with that grade two hamstring from last year rolling into this season. 
he pretty much came out and said, listen, everyone puts such high expectations on my name. You want me to drop a 30 burger, a 40 burger and everything else. I'm still getting 18 when I'm not doing that. It's pretty still damn good, dude. And I'll get there. Just give me a little bit more time. I think he's there. You know what I'm saying? And talking about adjusting to the game, this guy's hitting the line the past two games at least 15 times. Helps out tremendously. Steve Nash is saying he's getting there. Be patient. You got to step it up, man. Um, you talk about KD and MVP. How is he getting better? How is he, this? I think this might be James Harden's greatest season he's ever had because that I believe so that the Nets will go to the finals and win the NBA finals, probably against the Warriors. Um, if he does that, then hopefully that'll settle my case. But it's a team where you kind of figured out, okay, Kyrie Irving ain't coming back anytime soon. I know KD, I don't know what I'm looking at here. KD and Harden, uh, they were down in a, a couple of games ago, like 20 points. Uh, and then in this game, I don't know who, I think it was against the Hornets um, just recently. They combined for 67 points. It's back to just them two. But the biggest question is, like that could be an individual award for James Harden having the greatest season of his career. Role players, right? That's what we're talking about here. That's going to be the recurring theme for every single team and as it is every single year going just into the rest of the season. Uh, James Harden is a stud, man. He's a stud for a reason. Very smart guy. Yeah, sir. He might hit a little club here and there, but. Um, or eat uh, a couple of cheeseburgers too. Eat man. a couple of cheeseburgers. But when you adjust to the game, like James Harden, guys like superstars like Steph Curry, KD, LeBron with his age. I mean, those are some different type of breeds right there, brother. So James Harden and the Nets and the success and this being in this the best spot that he's probably been in his entire career. Get ready, man. The Nets are coming this year. The Nets are coming, and I believe James Harden will be right there probably here in the next few games. I think you brought up a good point in terms of even just to piggyback off of what James Harden said, too, is – we're, you know, people that follow the NBA like we do, we are so quick to overanalyze every little thing, you know, and the the biggest thing right now is it's so early. Like teams have just barely played 10 games and we're like, oh, they're bad or like, oh, the Wizards are, you know, they're bad. They're not going to do anything or, you know, the Clippers, they're going to probably make it to the finals and this and that. But for James Harden, he's he's been through enough and he's realized like, I got KD on my side and I'm James Harden. And at the end of the day, if Kyrie Irving figures his shit out, we got the, you know, probably I'll say top 10 or three of the top 10 players in the NBA on my team. I'm fine. So like media relax, I'm going to get my, I'm going to get my bag. I'm going to get my points and this and that. So I just, I almost looked at the the press kind or press conference after that game of, of more of like just respect like he's been here he's done that he's you know he's been through so much in his career in terms of you know getting you know having a 3-1 lead and, and getting beat with Chris Paul and this and that just just relax I got my guys with me we're gonna make a run don't worry about us you know hopefully injuries don't play a factor in that but in a day we're going to be all right so i almost gained more respect for james harden 
And I want to say too, I'm glad you brought up that him adjusting to the game. When there's a when there's a rule change strictly because of what something you do on the court, that's even more respect. You know, they had to change the game because you've, you know, you found a not that I agree with the rule change or I don't agree with the rule change. They had to change the game because of you. So that's respect from me. So I yeah. that's that's all I got. I'm sorry. I just looked at myself, man. I look insane. <laughs> so I apologize for me trying to get serious with a fucking turtleneck on. All right, JP, what you got, dude? Well, you, you do look insane, but but that, that, that I'm, <laughs> I'm glad. Hey, you know what? Again, yeah. me and JP on the same team yeah. out here, man. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll, oh, man. I'll I'll just go on past that. But yeah, the um, I, I you guys know it. I've said it from the beginning. I think this Nets team is still the most talented team in the league. Um, I I don't see a team in the East right now that I think would beat them in a seven game series, and especially if, with James Harden coming to, into full full whatever I'm full shape here. Um, I, I, I just want to keep watching this team do its thing. Do are the role players going to step up? Yes. Is Blake Griffin going to have to step up? Yes. That is a guarantee. However, in a seven game series, the top seven players on this team, just like I talked about the Clippers are really, really hard to beat. I'm taking them. I like them a lot. I, there's not much else to say. I've talked about them a lot. I think they're really good. And you guys, you guys said a lot more intelligent things than I said. But yes, I, I like the I like the Nets. <laughs> right. we, uh, you know what? No more. No, nobody gets any more man to man worthy. We're going to our old mention just because Andy's freaking me out. But I got some <laughs> I got some honorable mentions here. Um Lonzo, a little bit some tampering talk. Some Lonzo <laughs> Kyrie possible free agency talk. So the initial investigation. There ain't shit going to come out of that. Nobody cares. Oh. Honorable mention. <laughs> I want to say this, though, <laughs> on that, on that, on that. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, every trade or acquisition a team makes, there's tampering involved every time. Yeah. So just like we saw with the AD trade, with the Chris Paul trade, with the James Harden trade, they all make these uh, initial, you know, investigations. Hey, like you say, ain't shit coming from that. No. The deal is already done. Yeah, I don't know. What is the NBA just bored or something? Like, what's going on there? We're just trying to politically correct themselves. Um, I guess I got an honorable mention. I'll give it to him. Kate Cunningham. I know he's a stud. I know he's a stud. Oh, he's a stud now. I yeah, know he's yeah. A stud all now. Talking all that. Yeah. Early he's game, a stud man, now. It sucks, costing me money. But now, oh, now. You watched them. You watched them against the right, boys. This is why I'm saying this. He <laughs> yeah. made me a lot of money. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he made me a lot of money. Shout out to Prize Picks. I was able to use the, the over under player prop app, app out there. And I bet 70 bucks to three times my wager. Turned that into 210, ultimately 280. Uh, they had a prop bet, and you had to parlay it, a prop bet over with uh, Jalen Green and Cade Cunningham when they were playing each other earlier last week on Tuesday. I think it was, when, or I'm sorry, Wednesday night. Um, yeah, they both went for like 25 or something, Then the player props are like 13 and a half. I mean, they hit that at halftime, son. They're really good players, man. I didn't realize that they played together in high school and growing up and things like that. Jalen Green, man, dunking on him, throwing some shade. You love to see you that said, all fuck day. Fuck off me, boy. <laughs> fuck off me, boy. Kate Cunningham. I just got to shout him out, dude. Uh, great game for him, kind of finding his his rhythm. Uh, he's on a really bad team. I'll give him that. Killian Hayes is probably, you know, crying himself to sleep as well. 
But yeah, Cade Cunningham, uh, I think it was either tonight or last night. I don't know who against, but hit a pretty much a game winner with 45 seconds left to for the Pistons to get their third win or their second win. I don't know. I got a shout out Cade Cunningham. He'll figure it out. He's a stud. He's smooth with it, but so is Jalen Green. And I'm, I'm, those are my two honorable mentions. I want to say with Cade, though, a big thing that I, I saw on that game against uh, the Rockets, the coaching staff and every all the players, Cade Cunningham is talking to the coach after every play. He's getting input. He's learning the game. And that's what you want to see from a rookie. You know, he wants to be – you want your rookie to be invested – Maybe not the face of the franchise, even though he is, and he probably won't stay there for long, but that's what you want. You want your player to be invested, learning the game, and when you go to the huddle and the coach is talking to you, brings you aside saying, oh, you should have done this, or like, I'm doing this, and this, that's what you want. And that's that's why he's he is the best rookie out of last year's class, and that's why he was number one pick. So fuck you, Andy, for thinking he was that he was that slaw. So <laughs> it just, is. Yeah, he made I'm, me I'm some money. I came, might be back on the. I'm game glad you came over first. to me and JP's side. You are on our, yeah. on our team tonight for that one. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> but I think with that, guys, we're gonna jump out of here. Um, if you want to keep up with us daily, again, go uh, check us out on social media or the clouds, as we say, um, at Man to Man Podcast on all social media. Um, but with that, I'm gonna Namaste, you guys, out of here. So Namaste to you guys. Namaste. Namaste, Andy. Go change your sweatshirt. Namaste. Namaste, Turtle Next Nation, baby. Peace.